E-S-N-Y. start out this week on a good note because it already did start out on a good note so let's just keep it going keep it rolling all right well the good note the yankees are going to the alcs Woo! you know what this sound is i'm making right now you ready for it the woo what is oh, that it's sweeping that's it's sweeping. sweeping yep oh. we swept a hundred win team no big deal yeah i you know honestly i was very worried coming into the series um you know, there there were a lot of concerns and injuries and everything. And just you never know. It's hard being uh, it's hard being the team that everyone expects to win. Yeah, especially against the Twins, who were really good this year. People forget they won 100 games. No doubt. No doubt. And actually, I mean, the series as a whole, I was in love every minute. Everything happened uh, the way it probably should have. And just like the entire season, they fought back. They fought every single inning, and it was a sweep. They only Absolutely. played three games. I'll be honest. This is this is the most. I shouldn't say most. This is the least stressed out I've ever been about a playoff series. Like I know the Twins were a good team, but as soon as we started playing, I was like, "Oh, we're fine. This is gonna be fine." <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so we'll definitely, um, you know, cover games one, two, and three, and you know everything. But what were your big takeaways from the series, positive or negative? Uh, okay, starting off on a positive note, yep. Didi Gregorius. He had. We were texting during the game, and he had that little nub shot that just kind of barely stayed fair along third base, and he beat it out. And I texted you. I said, if that's the little single that gets Didi Gregorius going. I would be so happy because he was so bad this year. He was not good. And we've just been waiting for real DD to come back. And he did in a big way. <laughs> um, yes, you quite literally, and I quote, texted me Saturday at 5.49 p.m. So this was in case you're like one of those people that are like, oh, you didn't say that. Well, at 5.49, said if that little nub shot down the line gets DD going, that would just make me so happy. Yeah, quote for quote. Quote for quote, and then freaking at 624, he just goes yard with the most swagger I've ever seen. Honestly, I'm pretty sure he just wasn't sure if it was fair or not. But I'm going to take it as swagger from Didi Gregorius. Andre, I, at first, I thought the same thing. I wasn't sure if he, like, if he was looking down the line and maybe he just assumed it was going to go foul. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, all right, this was clearly fair the entire way. And it looked like he was about to throw the bat into like section 408. And then he realized I, ah, I've been pretty bad lately. Maybe I just hold on to this one. I mean, maybe, maybe my first home run in what feels like three months is not the time to throw the bat as far as I can. Right. Even though it was a huge moment, grand slam in the playoffs. I mean, Oh my God. And you know, DD just, when he hits home runs in the playoffs, he, he hits them far. And, oh, yeah. you know, they're like, as soon as he hit that, I was like, please, I, of course, in like a restaurant at a bachelorette party and <laughs> yeah, sneaky <laughs> no, I, watching the game on your phone. <laughs> and I like, no, I actually made them turn it on the big TV because oh, okay. it was college football on uh, who's watching college football when the Yankees playoff are baseball playing. season. It's playoff baseball season. I don't understand. So I was like, eh, could you guys, you know, turn it to the Yankee game? And they're like, oh, sure. Because at the time it was just, you know. They were leading by a couple. And then, you know, Didi hits a home run. I stood up, you know, started woohooing. And, you know, people around me are just like casually clapping. I'm like, this is not a casual clap type of home run. This is like the biggest home run this guy has ever had in the playoffs. Well, maybe not. But you know what I mean. Yeah. You don't understand. He he needed this so badly. Oh. It looked like he just dropped 100 pounds off of his shoulders. Yes. When he hit that home run, he was like, all right, everything is fine now. 
that easy, carefree DD smile is what we need. And not only with the bat, but he yesterday, he probably saved the game. Oh, that spear play at shortstop. That was fantastic. I jumped out of my seat. I was I lost it. Uh, It's huge, huge play. That was absolutely incredible. Um, I think we were only winning by two at that point, right? With men on first and second. No, I think that was the bottom of the ninth. Oh, that was the bottom of the ninth. Okay, okay. So we had a little bit of a lead. There was first and second. So if that had gotten through, it would have been bases loaded. Nelson Cruz up Mm -hmm. as a tying run. Don't love that. Not not a good look, especially with you know the way that Chapman can can get sometimes. So yeah, um, well, this he, is the first time I think all year he threw multiple innings. Yes, you are absolutely correct. Um, yeah, I mean, why don't and let's see. I, I my most impressive thing this series is just looking at Glaber Torres. He is not afraid of anything. I like, love Glaber. This guy just twenty two years old. Did you know that? Do you know he's twenty two years old? Wait, how old is he? He's 22. 22? Really? He's 22 years old. Never would have guessed that. I I think I heard that somewhere. I'm not really sure where. Did you see that on Twitter somewhere? Maybe. So it must be true. Um, But yeah, no. uh, He is not afraid of anything. That that kid, big game player right there. Just fun to watch, too. He has so much fun out there. It's just great. Oh, yeah. And I also saw a picture today of him in his uh, in his Cubs days when they first signed. He's just a little baby face Glaber with braces and he's smiling. He's just happy to be there. And he looks exactly the same now. He's just wearing a different uniform. He doesn't have braces anymore. Just the happiest kid. Also, another shout out to our, our good, loyal listener and friend, Caroline, who I made a 22 years old joke and she uh, DM'd me the tweet and said, Jimothy, you're better than this. I, was, <laughs> I know, but like everyone was doing it. I know I got caught up in the moment. He's only 22. You know that. Hey, I've done it too. I've done it too. I, I can't even lie. Um, and also going through a couple of more impressive things this series, and obviously we'll cover those a little bit more, but Chad Green looked really good in both of his great. outings. On the flip side, Adam Adovino, I don't, I, I mean, they're using him purposefully in a very specific way, and he's just not coming through in those spots right now, and they're not giving him, they're like, Right. They brought him in yesterday just to hit or just to pitch against Nelson Cruz. And he walked Cruz on five pitches and then they took him right out. So Adovino has been in for two batters, technically zero innings um, mm-hmm. of work. And he didn't he's get either out. Yeah, he's walked both of them. Um, so, you know, the first time I was kind of like, huh? And then I'm like, OK, this whatever. You know, I, I, I trust Aaron Boone. Second time I'm watching him pitch and. You know, he, he does have that filthy, whatever you want to call it. The Is it is it a slider or is it kind of like a... I think it's a, it's a slider, but oh boy, does it move. It's a it, super Right, slider. exactly. And I think when you've got a veteran hitter like especially Nelson Cruz, he's not going to bite on those types of pitches. Yeah, I mean, you bring Adam Adovino in for Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz knows a slider is coming every pitch. Right. Because that's his biggest weakness. And he's going to say, oh, really? We brought the guy with the best slider in the league in to face me? wonder what he's going to throw. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he kind of picks it up and, you know, locates his spots too. But a lot of his game is getting people to swing at pitches that are just filthy disgusting. Um, But, yeah, he didn't look great. And you know who else hasn't really looked great is uh, at the plate, Gary Sanchez. Yeah, Gary could be doing a little bit better offensively. I've loved the defense. I actually I just pointed it out today. Ruko was giving him props on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I had to quote you and be like, how many times have we heard Gary Sanchez's name this year mentioned in the same sentence as past balls? Right. I can't remember one. No, I mean, honestly, that's that's a problem he's really fixed and not many people have you know, given him credit for it because they're just focusing on something else that he's doing wrong. But He's looked really good behind the plate. That I think was a game one where he had that ball down the third baseline. Just uh, super athletic play. Chased it down, turned, fired it to first. Perfect strike. He's so casual about it, too. He, yeah. he knew exactly how long he had. He just made the play, barehanded, turned, fired it over. There was no like, oh, I don't know. This might be a close play. Maybe I should try to do something extra. He was just like, I know. I have exactly this many seconds before this guy gets to first base, and I know this is exactly how hard I throw, and this is exactly how far I have to go to get the ball. He had the whole right. thing mapped out in his head. 
Absolutely. Um, however, I do have a fun stat. Would you like to hear it? Allison Case stat of the week. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of a better name for it because that's just such a mouthful, but whatever. Um, so anyway, my stat of the week, and actually this is something that um, it's, I guess it's a stat, but it's one of those things where I was just sitting there thinking and I was like, huh, this is interesting. I should look it up. Um, so uh, the New York Yankee who has seen the most pitches during this postseason is Gary Sanchez. I, I see that because he yeah. put together some really good at bats. He fouls off a lot of tough pitches. It kind of feels like he's like, it's like Aaron Boone saying he's about to turn a corner. Like he's right, right there and he's, he's fouling off pitches. He should hit hard instead of hitting them hard in play. But he's right. close. He's seeing a lot of pitches. He had a nine pitch um, at bat the other night. Um, unfortunately, ended in a strikeout. But yeah, he's seen 63 pitches. I thought it was Gardner who would have seen the most. Um, well, that's just who he is as a player, Gardner. Right. He's just going to give you so. a pesky at bat every time. Right. But Gary Sanchez, of all people, you know, wasn't really sure about that. And he is averaging 5.25 pitches per at bats, which is right up there in the top 10 this postseason with all players. Mm hmm. Gardner actually had, I liked his first at bat yesterday against mm -hmm. Odorizzi because I know, I think Odorizzi got out uh, DJ LeMahieu on four pitches and then got judged to fly out or something early. Well, and, catcher's interference. He pulled oh, an Elbury on us. For, that's what it was. So he went into the Gardner at bat with like six pitches on him. Mm -hmm. And Gardner, I, that's not enough. That's not enough pitches for the first inning. You got to put together longer at bats because you, Especially with the Twins bullpen, how bad it was. You want to get the starter out of the game early. Sure. Then sure. Gardner just put together like an eight, nine pitch at bat where he was just fouling off tough pitches. I don't think anything came of it, but I mean, it put a lot of pitches on the arm and it, just keep the line moving. Right. He struck out in that at bat. Um, however, later on in the game, when they were up one nothing and Urshela was on third with two outs, um, that's when Gardner really, really toughed it out. Um, fouled off a ton of pitches and finally took a high pitch that was basically down the middle and just chopped it to the left side right past Sano mm -hmm. for that RBI Snow, He doesn't get enough credit for... He's like a pretty athletic defender. They were mentioning yeah. it on the broadcast and I was like, I don't know, he's kind of big. And yeah. then he made, some, he made some moves that I was like, oh, that's actually like really smooth for someone his size. Right, like He's absolutely. a giant. Absolutely. Couldn't get Gardner. Not that he would have had to play on Gardner anyway, even if he came up with that ball, because Gardner's so fast. But Well, yes, I know. Yeah, a little fast. Um, <laughs> but I also have to say this, too, before I forget. So I've been searching all afternoon. Um, so last night after after the game was over, I fell asleep because obviously, you know, nighttime. Yeah, I'm exhausted um, today because the game ended at one o'clock in the morning. Right, am, exactly. I'm dead. So apparently on the Fox Sports 1 post-game show, they showed my reaction video to Gardner's RBI single. Oh. And I, <laughs> I can't find it. Oh, no. You gotta, I'm famous, you put and it I don't even Twitter know sphere. it. You rely on the Twitter followers to be like, somebody please find this for me. Like, I can't find it. <laughs> two people tweeted um, at me like when it happened, and I woke up in the morning, and I'm like scrolling through, and I was like, wait, what? Um, so apparently they were like showing the highlights of the game. And when Brett Gardner had that single, they like showed my video from Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, but this, uh, this is what I do this for. And it's not. Uh. So and I, I, I found the video, the, the post game video. And it's like, oh, sorry, we can't play this anymore. And I'm like, no, you can because I need to know. I need to put it on my resume. Yeah, I, I need everybody to know that I was on the video. Also, yeah. I, I have to call you out for a second. What? Uh, during game one, you said to me, I am recording myself during every Brett Gardner at bat because I want my live reaction to what happens. And lo and behold, Brett Gardner hits a home run. Perfect opportunity for an Allison Case Guardy Party video. <laughs> and you were not recording that at bat. The one um, at bat of the game. Yeah, it was. I was tired. I was exhausted, just emotionally, physically. So I'm lying on my couch, and the cat comes up. I'm at my parents' house. By the way, so many people on Twitter like commented on my videos. They were like, your house is gorgeous. My mom wants you all to know that's her house, and she did the decorating all herself. So um, yeah, but anyway, just sitting there. The cat comes up, lies on my chest. I'm like, oh my god. And, you know, So I'm petting the cat, yada, yada. And I'm like, oh, well, I recorded 
like really long videos the first couple times. This time, you know, I'll settle back a little bit. And then he freaking hits a bomb. <laughs> I just had to laugh. I scared the cat away, though, too, because I was jumping up and down. At least you did capture the uh, the hit by pitch on Gardner. Oh where I, thought, I saw the realest fear I've ever seen in my entire life in your eyes. Oh, no. I had to walk away, too, because they kept trying to show the replay. And I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, unfortunately, I missed the Guardy Party home run live reaction. Um, I'm terribly sorry. I failed everyone, including myself. I was so disappointed. Um, so that's why I was recording all live at bats the other day. Just to make sure you can't miss that a second time. I know. I know. My boyfriend was like, uh, are you doing a live reaction? And I was like, no. And he goes, mm, you might want to do that. <laughs> I will say it's it's just something in the universe that makes that happen. Like when yeah. I was at Fenway, I was sitting so close and all I wanted well, because I was on the right side of home plate and all I wanted was a really good video of somebody hitting a home run over the green monster. Mm. And there were so many opportunities and I recorded so many at bats where I was like, I think it could happen right here. It looks like a good opportunity. And I didn't get any of them. Well. I think Glaber hit one the at bat after i recorded i should have recorded glaber i don't know what i was thinking well, in my was mind silly. when i said i don't know if glaber's gonna go yard here the situation doesn't really call for it huh yeah, yeah. and it just ha- it kept happening all game i did get a judge rbi single though and i tweeted it <laughs> did not get a lot of likes it was not a very good video i was a lot farther than i thought i was yeah that's what happens with those videos for sure mm-hmm. all right you ready to go through game by game let's do it all right. So, as we all know, Yankees won um, three games. Only three games. So, really, we only have three games to talk about. But they're three pretty good games in general. Yeah. So, game one, starting James Paxton, our uh, our ace for the second half of the season, ends up going uh, four and two-thirds innings, five hits, three runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. Um you know, I, I, it was okay. Um, it wasn't his best start. It was not by far. Um, you know, he really struggled, especially in the beginning. He started um, the first two batters off with a ball. Um, and actually, the majority of his uh, batters, I didn't quite do the the stats on that, but he started the majority of his batters out with balls. Um, got to a lot of 3-2 counts, really kind of labored through it. But he did it. Only gave up three runs, um, which is not bad for the Yankees' offense, but... You know, you also got to think down the line if they're facing Verlander or Cole. Um, the three runs that. might be hard to come by. That actually brings up a good point of what something I was thinking about today, which is super outside the box thinking, which <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely overthinking the next series. Also, assuming that the Astros are going to advance. Right. But if the Astros win today, that lines up Garrett Cole to pitch game one. And Garrett Cole is filthy. All right, but does it, though? I Because I think they were planning on throwing him game five on short rest if there is one, which I'd love because that takes Verlander and Cole are now pitching games two and three, I think, instead of game one. But Garrett Cole, uh, he was supposed to pitch game five, and now he'll pitch game one if they win today. And I don't really know if I want Paxton matching up with him. Just from like a realistic standpoint like, I know it makes sense. Pinch, pitch your best pitcher game one. That mm-hmm. makes sense. But when you think about it, Garrett Cole could easily throw eight innings of shutout ball. I just don't know if and Paxton has. has that in the tank. I don't want to. I mean, I'm not saying tank the game, obviously. No. But maybe Verlander would be a better matchup for James Paxton because we can, we can hit Verlander. Verlander's not. He's. I mean, he's not. He's not. Yeah, he gives he, up he's home very, runs. very good. Um, they've compared him to Tom Brady, which means uh, somewhere out there, there has to be an Eli Manning, right? Yeah, maybe it's Tanaka. You never know. We have a new nickname for Tanaka to unveil. Would you like to do that? We're going to replace Ak Tanaka. <laughs> yes. Um, so this one, instead of Ak Tanaka, we're going with Tanaktober. So much better. What? So much better. Co-sign uh. it. All right, so my boyfriend came up with that, but I'm definitely taking all the credit for it. So yes, just um, you tell him I said thank you because I did not want to keep calling Tanaka Ak Tanaka. He 
he said that last night and i was like i'm gonna text james right now and, and let him know and he's like i was like he's gonna love it and he goes well make sure that he knows i came up with it and i was like no no yeah of course you you tell him i know he came up with it and i love it it is so much better <laughs> <laughs> it is very good it really rolls off the tongue and mm -hmm. especially after his performance in game two like yeah absolutely yeah um, but the point is, I'd like to see Tanaka throw game one against mm -hmm. Garrett Cole instead of Paxton, because I think Paxton is a little bit, I think he's a better matchup with Verlander because you can go, Paxton probably, he's not going to give you seven innings of no run ball, probably. He'll probably give up one or two runs. And right. I, don't, I just don't think Garrett Cole is going to give up two runs. And especially if, well, if they're playing the Astros, they're going to be in Houston for game one and game two. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, even though a lot of people say Yankee Stadium is a, a very homer-friendly ballpark, um, Houston is actually a very, very homer-friendly ballpark, especially yeah. in left field. And it's got the hot air still. Yes. The ball still carries in Houston. In New York, it's going to start dying because it's finally getting cold. Thank God. Mm -hmm. but... Yeah. So, you know what I liked um, about Game 1? Is the Yankees did not... Um, they obviously they had two home runs, uh, Brett Gardner woo, and DJ LeMahieu, but they didn't rely on the home run to um, to get the win. Mm -hmm. They they yeah, those homers back. were late. They were late homers. Just right. On exactly. Runs. Well, you see you see kind of what Minnesota did early. They hit a couple of solo shots and, you know, everyone's laughing because they're like, ah, solo shots. Like, sure, they hit two home runs, but that's just two runs. Mm hmm. Yankees fought back. They uh, took advantage of a pretty large error um, yes. to score and, uh, you know, take the lead. And, of course, um, Jorge Polanco was kind of the the Twins hero there and um, fought off Paxton for who probably shouldn't have even faced Polanco, to be completely honest. Yeah. But, but you know, either way, I, I'm the my biggest takeaway from game one is, first of all, Gleyber Torres is amazing. Yeah. And second of all. John Carlos Stanton isn't going to get nearly the amount of credit he deserves for how the, the at-bats he had in game one literally won us the game. Not even figuratively. Like He got to two, three, two counts and worked huge walks to load the bases for Glaber. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, Glaber, he almost hit into a double play. And what if John Carlos gets out there? Now it's one out. That's an easy play to first. Not right. that the at bat's going to be the same, but say Glaber rolls over a ground ball. You're not getting a two. You're not going to second first. You're just getting a routine play, and we're still losing the game. But mm -hmm. there were two huge walks to set Glaber up to be just the best player of all time. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, honestly, I loved watching Stanton in Game One. Um, he the his plate discipline has always been pretty good, um, but. In the past couple of years, he's struggled with, you know, swinging at that low and away pitch, low and away all the time. And mm -hmm. he didn't. He laid off those. He really didn't even flinch at those pitches either, um, which means he's seeing the ball well. So sooner or later, one of those balls is going to go out of the ballpark when he when he hits it. Yeah. Well, Allison, don't you know he actually stinks because he hasn't hit a home run yet? All right. Not my MVP, huh? Right. Three hundred million dollar contract. He has to hit a home run every at bat. Well, duh. That's how it works. Of course. Yeah. That's definitely traditionally how it goes in baseball. When you sign a big contract, you hit a home run every single at-bat. Absolutely. Just ask Bryce Harper. Just ask Manny Machado. Like, ask those guys. Yeah. Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what he's doing. May he, uh, <laughs> I was going to say may he rest in peace, but that's not funny. I honestly, he's just off the grid. Everything that he's like tweet, we saw one video of him in spring training. And I think Cashman just like took him and put him in a safe house in Arizona. Like you just stay down here and just don't make any noise. There's no gonna, not going to be any Twitter activity, no Instagrams. You're just here, and we're giving you a lot of money to, for you to be here. Hurt, quote unquote. <laughs> well, his name did get thrown around in a uh, in a postseason broadcast because Judge had catcher's interference. And who is the guy that is known for catcher's interference? Jacoby Ellsbury. Ellsbury. So look that at was that. a he weird catcher's some... interference call. That was a weird start to the game. It was. So I was watching and I turned around and I looked back. I'm like, didn't he just get out? And then I was like, oh, wait, must be catcher's interference. And uh, of course, I was right. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. I was just I immediately was like, all right, that's an out next batter. And then I saw there was only one out and judge standing on first base. I was like, well, what the hell happened? He's Aaron Judge. He can do whatever he wants. 
I, you try telling him he's out at six, seven, 280 pounds. <laughs> you tell him he's out. Yeah. Let's see what his reaction is then. But yeah, the, the Glaver bases loaded double one hell of a moment. The stadium erupted just like amazing to watch that just to see the life in that stadium. Um, unlike something, you know, I don't know how things are going in the trap right now. I'm not watching the game, but, um, I imagine there's maybe like 50, 52 fans. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, everybody at Tropicana field right now supporting the Rays is just a Yankees fan who moved to Florida for their retirement. And now they're going to Tampa to try to will them to a victory over the Astros to screw them in the second round. Nobody cares if Tampa wins the game. They only care if Houston loses. There you go. Perfect setup. And game one also had DJ LeMahieu with three hits. Fantastic. And Edwin Encarnacion. He's looked great, too. He has looked good. And those first two at-bats, he had two just laser doubles. Just missed a monster home run by a couple feet, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looked good. And you know what? Seeing, like, the energy that he has when he gets to second base, like, I did tweet this earlier. He is old. He's an old guy for Super playing old. baseball. But, like, he has so much excitement and energy. Like, I was, like... Oh my God, if I was, if I was an elderly person, I'd like jump out, out of my wheelchair and be like, hell yeah, let's go, Edwin. Like he can do it. I associate with that guy. Look at him. Old man still doing the damn thing. Right. Exactly. And people on Twitter were like, oh my gosh, I'm the same age as him. And I was like, no, no, I mean old for a baseball player. Yeah, no, it's very different world. You're what is he? 37, 38, 39. I don't actually know how old he is. I just know that he's been in the league for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I, I honestly, he's probably been around for for quite a long time. I'm not really sure his age, but um, okay. Well, game two, Tanaktober. Another great one. Another great one. Tanaktober. I love Tanaka. I honestly, I've always, I've always, I wanted him to start game one personally. It was just my my thing. But um, unfortunately, you know, Paxton got the start and he did fine. But Tanaka just looked great. Gave a, It was a fantastic outing. You couldn't ask for any more. Five innings, three hits, one run, seven strikeouts. When, when uh, does Tanaka get seven strikeouts these days? Apparently in the postseason. It was great. It is exactly what we needed to. We got out early. The, what was it? The third inning was the big one where he scored seven runs. Yep. Seven runs in the third inning to drive Dobnik out of the game. Did you wow. see what I did there? No, I see what you did there. Oh, boy. I even did the quotations, too. Oh, oh man. Please don't yell at me, everyone. I just, you know, <laughs> drive. Oh, man. I'm Someone be probably honest. gave him a lift out of the stadium. I don't know. Oh, no. How long have you been planning that out? How, <laughs> how long ago did you think of that? Yeah, maybe like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was also super anxious about it too. I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to I can't wait to I share this. I cannot wait to unload this pun right here. <laughs> but yes, uh yeah, seven runs in the third inning, like and that includes, of course, DD Slam. And we talked about your reaction to uh to that and his little nub hit earlier. I mean, that's baseball, right? That that's I mean, that's the perfect encapsulation of John being like, well, that's baseball, Susan. You can't predict baseball. Mm-hmm. It's just Correct. you get a little nub shot down the line. It's a terrible at bat. You just you will yourself into a hit and it's complete luck. And then all of a sudden your next at bat, you're going to the second deck with bases loaded. Right. Right. And then suddenly you're uh, you're a hero once again. And you know what? He also went. Um, I think he went two for four the next day, too. So you know what? The twins maybe didn't slay the dragon, but you ready for this one? Oh, boy. (laughs) The twins didn't slay the dragon, but they did awake the sleeping giant. Boom! Oh, man. Oh, man. So ready for this one. All right. So this is going to be the pun episode then. (laughs) But it's so much pun. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Didi went two for three, and he actually looked like he you know we were talking about how he looked lost in the regular season maybe october is just his time to shine yeah and he definitely looks more comfortable for sure for sure 
And uh, Aaron Judge went two for three also with two walks as well. Um, and a couple of pretty awesome diving plays. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just proved again and again just how valuable he is to this team. We just kind of completely understated how good Judge has been with how good, you know, with Didi's Grand Slam and how good Glaber's been. It's just people forget Aaron Judge having a pretty good series. Yeah. Overall. He hasn't hit a home run. Um, I don't think he's hit an extra base hit. Um, hasn't br- driven in any runs, but he's gotten them set up. Um, he's been able to get on base for the other guys to do their job. And he's been playing stellar defense. But I think one of the best things is he's only struck out once. Yeah, that's fantastic. Put the ball in play. When you're that big and that strong, if you put the ball in play, something's going to happen for you. So everyone always makes fun of the guy. They're like, he strikes out too much. Well, you know what? He's walked four times and he struck out once. Mm-hmm. So I I like this Aaron Judge. Yeah, this just reminded me. Um, he had somebody on third, I think, yesterday. And they brought the infield in because they didn't want to let the run up. And the broadcast just like, could you imagine being an infielder and you see the sign to say, come play infield in on Aaron Judge? <laughs> like, I would just quit baseball. I'd be like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing that. I love this game, but I also love living. Right. That is that is certainly an easy way to get knocked out yeah. real quick. Instead of playing football, just go in the infield, play infield in on Aaron Judge. Yeah. Oh, man. He, he is does. huge. He hits the ball so hard. <clears throat> we have so many guys like that, too. Edwin Encarnacion, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez. Guys who just, I would not play infield in on them. I just wouldn't do it. So everyone is always talking about exit velocity and how much crap it is. They're like, oh, I'm tired of hearing about it. Well, it's kind of amazing to hear like how fast these RBI singles are going for. Like just thinking about how much time the infielders have to react to those. Yeah, none at all. Right. Exactly. Oh, my that God. That actually reminds me of another stat. This is going to be my James Kelly stat of the day. Katie Sharp didn't, yeah, Katie Sharp didn't come up with this one. Okay. Uh, DJ LeMahieu in 2019 was second in balls hit over 95 miles per hour, only to uh, Devers, Rafael Devers. Hmm. So he, even when DJ, he doesn't hit him quite 120 miles per hour, but when he hits them, they're all hard hit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I would have never guessed that stat. That's a very good stat. Nice work, James. Yes, fantastic. I actually really can't really take credit for it. I heard it on the broadcast. Oh, I was going to say, maybe Katie Sharp will tweet that and be like, stat from James Kelly, and yeah. you'll really have made it. Oh, I mean, if Katie Sharp ever tweets something that I came up with statistically, we're just living in an alternate reality. Actually, did you know that uh, maybe it was two years ago, I was the one that started the... Uh, I, I am taking credit for it because it was me. I was the one that started the the Yankees are like... 21 and 0 when Brett Gardner homers in a game. And then it just flew from there because I love Brett Gardner. And I noticed that every time he homered, they won. And I was like, hmm, this is an interesting stat. Let's look it up. I swear to you, that's a real story. I promise. I mean, you're really trying to really convince me it was a real story. The more <laughs> you try to convince me, the more I'm like, I'm not sure this is a real story. It's a real story. I promise. I'll go find the tweets from like 2017. Okay, I also have my Katie Sharp stat of the day. Oh, perfect. Okay, let's get them all together. Okay, Yankees with at least three extra base hits in a postseason series clinching win. Glaber Torres yesterday. No, Reggie Jackson in 1977 and Babe Ruth in 1928. That's it. Glaber, Reggie, and Babe. Those are some uh, pretty good names, I think. I think so. If I was associated with those names, I would say I'm probably doing something right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, he's fantastic. Let's wrap up game three. Because I know you have something else you want to talk about. So I have so much to talk. I have so much I I need to just be mad about that. I do not have permission at all to be mad about this. I know. On an official Elite Sports New York podcast. I do not I have permission at all to do this, but I'm I doing know. it anyway. I'm well aware. Um, okay, game three. Super tough matchup. Honestly, I was on uh, the edge of my seat the entire time. Um, I, this was definitely the most nervous I've been the entire yes. series. Um, 
but I do have to say that although the line doesn't really show it, Luis Severino probably gave his best postseason performance I've seen. Oh yeah, definitely. It won- it was when it bases loaded in the second inning, where mm-hmm. he just he found the slider and he started. Once he found that slider, the fastball came along with it. He looked really bad to start, and then it just like as soon as the pressure got on, he -hmm. turned into old Luis Severino. We're gonna be like, no one, no one could touch him. This is a fastball hitting team, but they've never seen my fastball. Yeah, he got a he got Sano to pop out, harmless little uh, infield fly, and they struck out the next two guys. And just seeing like the emotion and the excitement from him, I've missed that. I missed that all season long. He's electric. Yeah. We forgot how electric he was when he really gets going and he gets hyped. Also, Gary told him to calm down after the third <laughs> inning. He got really hyped to get out of the inning, and Gary was like, bro, just, just relax. <laughs> We've still got more to go. There's still so many more innings. <laughs> no, he he was definitely just... He stepped it up a notch as soon as the pressure got on. I mean, those are that's a tough hitting team, and having the bases loaded with no outs... You have to, they're at least going to get one run in, like you would think. Yeah, I mean, they're, they'll they look back on it and be like, we missed two prime opportunities. We had bases loaded in consecutive innings, and we didn't score a single run on either one. Right. And that and that's the serious clincher. You have no more games now. There's no, all right, we'll just do better tomorrow. It's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably a rough way to go into the offseason. Knowing is. that you just kind of blew the game for yourself as an offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, but then again, like you just, you saw it in Luis Severino. He just turned on another gear. You know, he, he got flustered. He had, you know, runners on. And then just all of a sudden you could just see it in his face. Like he was so, he wanted to be there. He wanted to be in that exact position. And he knew he was confident that he could get out of it. And he did. Absolutely. And he, his start, it made me so nervous because he came out, he was throwing 93, 94, and he was missing wide on the fastball. So I, I mean, he's not finishing his pitches. He's not throwing that hard. It's, it was an ugly start to the game. It was. Did it he felt show like up? A gift. Yeah. Did, oh, he showed up. No, did he show up in the bullpen on time or not? Oh, I don't know. Somebody, everybody was tweeting at him when the game started. They wanted to make sure he knew it was seven forty Central Time. Oh, Central good. Time, okay. Luis. Okay. All right, that works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He really, he just didn't look ready. He no, looked like no. he didn't come in ready to pitch. Which I didn't, I didn't love, but. But you know what? Maybe that that's something you know, kind of down the line, also gives him a little more confidence. He only pitched in a couple games in the regular season. I mean, he's coming into the playoffs just completely cold. Yeah. Um. You know, and he pitched against teams that were of less caliber too. I don't know. I mean, it could have been nerves. It could have just been you know maybe not warming up the right way, which it's proven he's done that before too. But. Yeah. I want to say the only he, thing I can think of is that it's it was like a part of the plan going into it where, you know, oh, we got to get some length out of Seve today. Not a lot of length, but like some length. So maybe let's tone it back on the preparation because you only have so many you only have so many bullets in there today. Right. You're still coming back. You only have so many pitches you can throw. Right. Hey, that could be it, too. But uh, yeah, Torres, three for four, as you mentioned, three extra base hits. Um, Didi two for four again. So there we go. He might have just woken up and, uh, everyone's probably terrified now. I would be. Yeah. And honestly, that, that bodes the question, you know, what are they going to do with him in the off season? If he's performing like this in the postseason? I am going to hate off season Twitter. Yeah. It's going to be terrible. So we'll just have to mentally prepare. Yeah. Um, and then of course, um, honestly, yesterday was probably their best defensive game I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, having uh, DJ's uh, leaping grab to end, I think it was the uh, the third inning. No, it was the fourth inning. Um, yeah, that was huge. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Judge's leap over uh, towards the fence to get the the double or the potential double. Yep. Um, DD's dive in the ninth inning. Um, Glaber's freaking smooth as hell slide in the outfield and throw to first base where the guy did not know how to slide into first base. So uh, Brett Gardner probably should teach him some lessons. But Yeah, head first slide. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, probably the best defensive game I've seen from them in a, in a long time. They really stepped it up. 
that was actually that was a huge difference between the Yankees and the Twins too. Like, it it played out. You saw it play out where we had a great defense and we saved runs and we, we you know we made the good outs. And then the Twins, on the other hand, you have a chance at a double play to get Glaber Torres out. And you know I think it was C.J. Crone doesn't come up with it at first base. And mm-hmm. then two runs score, and that ends up being you know the big difference in the game. And you have Mitch Garver with a big passed ball, and you have the catcher's interference in the first inning, even though it didn't come back to bite them. And you had Jake Cave inexplicably diving for a ball in left field that he was a solid 10 feet from. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I mean, but... I love Yankees prospects. Mm. Former Yankees prospect Jake, Jake Cave. But uh, what was he thinking? Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> the only thing I could think to defend him is that he probably lost it in the lights. That's all. Maybe. Yeah, he just didn't see it. So he was like, I might as well get on the ground. But you know who Jake Cave played with? Who? Another uh, left fielder for the Yankees. He's not on the postseason roster, but I'm just Glenn Frazier. Know, I'm just throwing that out there. No, I'm not saying a name. I just you know. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. actually did see somebody tweet out like, "Not even Clint Frazier would have dove for that ball." <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't tweet out, "Are you a DH too?" Oh man! Well, he's got to hit a little better for that. Again, I love Jake Cave. I think he's great. But... I do too. Yeah, great guy. I met him too. He was, uh, and he was fun. Um, he played obviously on the Twins' um, AAA team, which was located in Rochester. So I used to go and see him play too. Um, yeah, good guy. Definitely a great young team. I think that um, they're going to be back. This is not definitely not their last uh, last run there. Yeah, they remind me of the 2018 Yankees in a way, where they had a lot of power, but they had some pretty shaky defense, and their pitching wasn't great. And I don't know if they address some of that this coming year. I guess they probably expected to get more out of Pineda before the PED suspension and Irvin Santana Barrios to maybe take a step forward instead of a step back. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they got a lot of pieces. They're going to be a good team for a few years. I think the Indians window is kind of closed in that division at this point. I think so, too. I think so. Um, yeah, I think the twins could definitely have a few things to adjust in the offseason. But if they do, I, I think they'll. They'll be right back where they were this year, and they might be even better. That they will definitely be better. So, um, so obviously, Yankees win 3-0. Woohoo! Moving on to potentially Houston or back to the Bronx to play the Tampa Bay Rays. Not really sure how that's going to work out. Don't want to assume anything. Um, all right, so now we can talk about honest, what I don't, you really want to talk about. Yes. First, I am going to say I don't love the way the Rays are matching up with Houston today. Against Verlander, I would have wanted... I mean, I want literally anybody but Diego Castillo opening the game. Mm. Like, I want a starting pitcher out there. I want Tyler Glass now. I don't know who is good to go on short rest or whatever, but I want someone who can come into the game and give me five scoreless against Justin Verlander. That's what but you need. I think they. I was. I'm, I am watching the game. I think they just got through the first inning scoreless after a single from Springer. So let's see. Okay. Yes, yeah, scoreless. All, All right. right. So tell tell the people what you want to talk about, because you have words and um, you're welcome to use them. Freedom of speech. Uh-huh. Um, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I don't even know which one I want to start with. There's so much. OK, let's start with my new mortal enemy, mortal enemy, Phil Mushnick, that dinosaur that that. Oh, baseball was better in my day. Old man, dinosaur, terrible ass take Phil Mushnick. You buffoon. He put out an article this week about Ronald Acuna. What would you say about Ronald Acuna if you, like, just describe him in one word? Uh, one word? Yeah, one Young, word. Young, talented, great potential. One word. One word. That was hyphenated. It's all good. Uh, he put out an article this week called Braves Ronald Acuna is doing his part in ruining baseball. Ruining. That was the title, yes. I mean, he's the most electric player on that entire team. He single-handedly brought the Braves into contention last year. They were not looking good going into last year, and all of a sudden Acuna shows up and Albie shows up, and it's like, hold on a second, Braves are good. Braves are good, good. And all because he didn't hustle? He didn't hustle on something that ended up being a single? It should have been a double? Like, okay, he probably should have hustled. Are you really going to say that he's ruining the game of baseball? Because he then went and hit a home run the next day. 
I don't understand. These are preposterous takes. Preposterous. Earlier this year, he writes an article that Gary Sanchez doesn't know anything about baseball because he didn't slide. He slid weird into second on like a weird play. That how does this guy have a job? We did discuss this over text. Um, you know, there are plenty of people. People are getting laid off at Sports Illustrated. You know, the good, qual- high quality writers. There are people that have been laid off from two major publications who are solid writers and write great things, but for whatever reason, you know, they're they're not being uh, not being kept. And this guy, who is essentially the um, he's essentially the human version of the meme of the old man yelling at a cloud. Like there's no other explanation for it. Um, exactly. You know, Perfectly he's put. got such a huge platform to write on and he's literally using it as clickbait. Yeah, but the listen, New York post, the New York yes, post. Yes. That's who pays but for this. He is, he is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing though. He is writing things that make people mad and make people talk about him. Right? But you, You're just he just feeding lost into all it. credibility, though. He's like nobody cares about Phil Mushnick anymore unless he's saying something dumb. And he looks like Phil Jackson if Phil Jackson aged another fifty years. This, this I mean, I'm just true. looking. I, he's never smiled before a day in his life. I guarantee it. He has right. never smiled. He's had the same mustache since the '70s. It wasn't good then. It's not good now. Definitely a toupee. I mean, Phil Mushnick. <laughs> So, yes, if you haven't read the article, I, I would even say go read it. But, like, I don't think so. Um, here's here's where I come in, okay? I have to play somewhat of a devil's advocate because that's what Robbie would want. Right, Robbie? Yeah, you hear me. Okay. <laughs> um, so, in a way, I get where he's somewhat coming from. In a way, just listen, okay? I see your face. I don't want you to react. I'm listening. Okay. All right. If it were my team and uh, Glaber Torres did that, I'd be pissed at him. I would. Um, you know, the Braves ended up losing that game seven to six. But I'm also um, a huge proponent of the fact that you can't blame the entire game on one person for or doing one something. play. One person, one play. Um, unless, you know, maybe they would have won if the bucket. bullpen didn't fall apart and give up. What was it like four runs in the final two innings? Yeah, um you know, maybe I just think I, I get what he's trying to say, but to phrase it as maybe this young kid is ruining the game of baseball when he's had such a historic regular season is just preposterous. And it's a 40, 40 player, 40, right. 40, but that guy's ruining the game because this is, this is the thing that gets me in the entire article is that he uses it as an example to show how baseball is already ruined, quote unquote, in his eyes. It's first of all, it's not like the game has never been more exciting or anything. We're living in the golden age of exciting baseball. That people are hitting monster home runs, people are throwing at 105 miles an hour. It's incredible. But he goes, this style, quote unquote, style, and that's important because it's a dick quote of Major League Baseball has been going on for the past 20 years and attached to the ESPN top 10 highlights. So he's so what he's basically saying is the plays that everybody loves to see the next morning are ruining the game. Hmm. I don't think that's accurate. I think it's bullshit. I think, yeah. And, you know, what he's basically calling it is, you know, selfish behavior. And I can see where players and, you know, maybe his teammates are like, oh, really? Like, why would you do that? But at the same time, um, you know, you you watch the play. Um, if he had booked it right out of the box, which doesn't always happen if you think you've hit a home run. OK, like if you think you've hit a home run, you're not busting it unless you're Brett Gardner. Because he's busting it until he, he knows only, it's Brett Gardner only has one speed. It's fast. Right. Exactly. But like, you know, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez did this a couple times last year. He thought he hit a home run. And so he started jogging to first base. And then he was like, oh, God. You know, when he realized it wasn't gone, booking it to second. How would you feel if uh, Ronald Acuna, you know, came out of the box slowly and then decided to try and stretch it into a double and get thrown out? I mean, it's. The bottom line is Acuna probably should have run out of the box because you don't, I mean, you don't watch it unless it's a no doubter. 
And you know if it's a no-doubter or not. Because if you're watching it the way he was watching it, and he was looking to see if it got out before he celebrated. Mm -hmm. So he should have run. But the fact that, I mean, in the article, he goes on to say, and those immodest scenes and messages, bat-flipping, self-adulation, home-plate posing, are fully approved by the commissioner as if our sport needs another bad-is-good pandering steward. So he just goes after the whole thing. He's like, the commissioner said the players can be fun, so the commissioner is bad. I don't... I just, I hate this. Because I could... We could both name 50 writers off the back of our hand that could do this job a thousand times better. Professional writers who just got laid off, like you said, could roll right into the New York Post and make it relevant again. I'll tell you what, I don't care about the New York Post sports art anymore. It doesn't matter to me because I know they have a guy like Phil Mushnick there who's going to write these bullshit articles about how the game being fun is ruining the game. Yeah. <sighs> All right, Listen. that's Phil Mushnick. Let's, no, that's let's okay. Move on. Let's move on from Phil Mushnick. Okay, but I have oh, something man. to say about him too now, okay? Do it. Do it. You really, really piqued my interest. Do it. Um, you know, <laughs> that's it. No, uh, Ronald Acuna. It's his second year in the league. He's 21 years old. They're calling it selfish behavior. Well, everyone last year, all they could talk about was what a great player he is, how he's the best player, how he's got to live up to all these expectations, putting so much credit on the personal accomplishments and kind of just filling his head that he's one of the absolute greatest young players of all time. At 21. And, right. And you do that and you expect it not to go to his head at 21 years old. He has a lot to learn. He definitely, you know, could use uh, could use some a little more respect, um, you know, for for his opponents and things like that, too. But at the same time, he's young and he's just trying to have fun. Like, I, I don't know. This is the playoffs. You're playing the best teams in the game. And you know what? He's trying to have fun. He's trying to do this. Yeah. I mean, you thought you hit a huge home run in the playoffs. All right. You got a little, you got a little overexcited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know they've talked about it with him before, but he really does have to learn some respect. But I don't think you can quite literally say that he is ruining the game of baseball. Instead, why don't we save that ink and that paper for someone else who can maybe see both sides of the issue and not just blame young people for ruining something again, just like we ruined avocado toast. Okay. <laughs> Avocado toast wasn't even a thing until millennials came around. Exactly. And apparently we ruined it. So uh, if you listen to any old people, they say we just ruined bread in general. See, there you go. Young people don't ruin everything. Some of them just want to change the world. I can't. This just uh, I mean, it, this is like my biggest pet peeve about baseball is when people look at players like they're just statistics instead of actual people who have mm -hmm. personalities and at 21 years old, if I was a professional baseball player who hit a thought I hit a home run, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show it up a little bit because I'm 21 years old. I'm a kid, and I'm really fucking excited about hitting a home run in the postseason. I mean, they got on Clint Frazier for acting all excited and like you know, like the cool guy out there. So you know, I I don't know. I I agree with you. I see where he's coming from at the same time, but I don't agree with him. So, yeah. therefore, thank you for ranting. What's your next rant? Well, we'll move on because I'm positive Phil Mushnick will come up again on this podcast at some point. He will return. But, <laughs> all right. My next one is a, it was something I was mad about, but I'm not mad about it anymore because of the way it ended. It was the Uber incident. So everybody got mad on Yankees Twitter. Or I shouldn't say everybody. Half of the people got mad at Yankees Twitter. For chanting Uber. The fans at the stadium were chanting Uber at Dobnik, who mm -hmm. in the offseason he drove Uber to make extra money because he was a minor leaguer and minor leaguers don't make any money. Now, as I, yes, first of all, correct. you know, good for him. That Uber is a perfect job for a minor leaguer who has a, a weird schedule. He has to be trained. Was that your cat running around? Oh, no, that was me. I was getting my Gatorade. Okay, okay. I thought the cat just ran on the screen again. Oh, did she? No, no, no. That's you look. Is there shocked. a ghost? No, you Are look. You seeing shocked. a ghost? There uh, might be a okay. ghost. I think there's a ghost in my house. I don't know. That's maybe besides it's the, the ghost point. of uh, Phil Mushnick. Maybe he's just here haunting us. He might be. He's about 150 years old, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're making me choke. What's up? 
Okay. All right, continue, continue. So, so the Uber situation. Uh, everyone's chanting Uber at Dobnik, and we, we beat them up pretty good. So it comes out after the game. Everyone's mad at Yankees fans for chanting Uber at them. Like, they wouldn't have done the same thing if they were in their stadium because that's just what you do in playoff baseball. When you have home field advantage, you try to rattle the other team. And if you find out that the other pitcher drove Uber less than a year ago, you're going to tease him about it. And I said, Uber's a perfect job for a minor leaguer because minor leaguers don't make any money. But, I mean, now he's pitching in the postseason. He's coming to the Bronx Zoo. He's going to get it. He's going to get the work. Listen, I respect the story. I respect it 100%. I get it. Minor leaguers definitely aren't paid enough. And some of them, as we read earlier in the year, live in funeral homes. Absolutely. Um, We could do do a three-episode podcast about how little minor leaguers get paid. Right. Right. So we get it. But at the same time, like this reminds me of um, Syracuse basketball. Whenever they play Pitt, they print out sheets of all the starting five and they list obscure facts. They list their girlfriend's names, the girlfriend's Instagrams. They list like random facts from their childhood and they use that to chant and make fun of them because they want to get in their pets. That's what you do when you're the home team in the playoffs. That's just what it is. And everyone right. got mad about it because everyone hates Yankees fans. But yeah, Red Sox fans point. are out there chirping and they're like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And I'm like, did you not just like, you know, say some rude things? Ooh, Red Sox fans. are the Yeah, that was bad history. Bad right. history. And then people are like, well, it doesn't give you an excuse to be an asshole. And I'm like, you know what? We're, it's not with malicious intent. It's with intent to just be like. You're in our stadium. You're in our home. We are going to make fun of you. We respect you, but we're going to make fun of you. Yeah, nobody hates Dobnik. Take one look at his mustache. Oh. You can't hate that guy. Mm-mm. And he, it's and- a great story. He was a minor leaguer driving Uber. Didn't think he was going to be on the postseason roster. He had his wedding last week because they planned it out. They were going to be like, there's no way I'm going to be on the postseason roster. Let's get married in October. Yeah. Great story. Yeah. But, and no, it ended I- with Cameron Maven uh, tweeting out. Yeah, I would rate that that series a 4.99 out of 5 which he apologized for even though it was super funny and okay. Dobnak came back and was like hey let me know if you need a ride dog yeah but I mean do you also know that Cameron Maven was arrested for a DWI one yeah, time I don't I don't think that was related everybody so blew that up a little bit right. I don't think it was everyone's related everyone's like that's what happened and I'm like I think they're being civil with each other <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they're I mean, being good Maven apologized first. He was like, yo, I got yeah. nothing but love for this guy. But that joke was right there. Yeah, listen. I mean, if you want, you can go rate our podcast to 4.99. All you Twins fans out there. Like, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to round up to five just because of the way the podcast rankings go. But, you know, just go for it. Yeah, we just write mind. it in the little note section that you want. You meant to do it uh, 4.99. Yeah, we don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, and then I know the other thing that you were kind of upset about was um, John Smoltz a little yeah. bit. Everyone was mad at John Smoltz for being anti-Yankees, which I just I don't care about that. The thing that John Smoltz said that made me really mad was when they put up uh, Jake Odorizzi's stats the third time through the lineup. And you and me, we talk about this all the time with the Yankees rotation. When you get to the third time through the lineup, the numbers get a lot worse. And John Smoltz at just the dumbest take of all time. And it, it shocked me because he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. It shocked me that somebody thought like this who was that good at the sport. And he said, well, the reason that the third time through the lineup numbers are so bad is because they don't let pitchers do it enough because they're not trained to go three times through the lineup now. Like, first of all, that it. doesn't even make common sense. <laughs> like, If the pitchers were good the third time through the lineup, they wouldn't take them out. They wouldn't start taking them out after two times through. They'd leave them in through the third time, and the numbers would be the same. So there'd be no reason to take them out. So I'm watching the Rays game. In, um, yes, in I'm watching too. That was fantastic. No, in your reflection, actually. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's a the Rays are up 3 nothing now. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of like when Jason Witten had his little stint in... Um, in the Monday Night Football booth. Oh, he was like, terrible. Just list. I love Jason Witten. You know, huge Cowboys fan. Great guy. But, like, he was just cringeworthy. Like, I could not sit and listen to him. And I was like, you are a professional athlete. You've played this game for years. You're so smart on the field. How are you so dumb right now? Like, I, 
it didn't make any sense. I mean, he was so bad at being a broadcaster, he had to go back to playing. Hey, he's good still. Yeah. I mean, but that was like, he never planned on going back to football, but he did a year in the Monday night booth, and they were like, Jason, bro, we're not, we're not feeling it. <laughs> so it's like, all right, they I'll were, just go play again. They probably reached out to Jerry Jones themselves, and they were like, dude, Jerry, like, just help us out here, you know? Like, you have to offer a contract. Get him you back. Have to. But yeah, John John Smoltz said a couple of things yesterday that were just like, I literally like looked at my boyfriend. And I was like, did he just say that? Like he was talking about pitches low and outside. I'll have to find the exact quote, but he said something. He was like, yeah, batters don't swing at pitches low and outside, but they swing at pitches low and outside, but up a little bit. <laughs> it's like, what do you? First of all, watch any Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez at bat during the year. Chances are you're going to see a strikeout on the slider down and away. If they're going to strike out, which is not that often anymore, apparently. But, yeah, yeah. Well, except Gary. Gary's still coming around. Yeah, it's okay. I, you know, I have faith. I think he usually he starts out pretty cold and then he heats up, so he'll yeah. he'll be okay. But when we say when we see Gary Sanchez get on a roll, there is not a hitter in baseball that is better than him when he is no hot. Quick hands. I mean, like he just literally pounces on the pitches as soon as they come in. Yeah. But the other thing this John Smoltz thing brought up about the third time through the lineup is something that I get really mad about when old people jump in my mentions on Twitter and they say, well, back in my day, a pitcher threw seven innings no matter what. Your starter went deep into the game. I said, well, that's great. But, you know, when you were in the 70s and they were pitching, your relievers were throwing 80 miles per hour because there was no reliever spot. It was just starters who sucked. And we were like, yeah, we'll just give them like the seventh and eighth inning because, you know, we already have a lead, hopefully, and we just hope they don't do too much damage off them. No, like nowadays you see the Yankees lineup, or even the Twins. The Twins have a good bullpen. It just wasn't good this series, but they have a bullpen. That who's that? Taylor Rogers? He's filthy. Yeah, he was their closer disgusting. all year. He's filthy. But it it drives me crazy because you don't understand that the numbers look a lot worse for your pitcher the third time through the lineup because you've seen the pitcher twice now and you know what he has. It's not because they don't throw the third in third time through very often anymore, John Smoltz. And the second reason is because now you have all these fantastic bullpen arms, so you're. Deciding between going with a starter, starting pitcher who is not as good this time through the lineup, or you can bring in a slew of relievers throwing 100 miles per hour with the filthiest breaking stuff you've ever seen. What decision are you going to go with? It makes no sense. This was, this was a really good week for the Yankees, but just for my own personal sanity, it was brutal. Really brutal. I didn't sleep for a couple days until the first game. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was not in a good state of mind. And yesterday especially, I just had the worst day. And I was like, this is not good. This yeah, is no, a bad, I bad sign. I was real nervous. Bad sign. I was, I like, was watching with my brother and he went, like we got to the bottom of the ninth inning. He's like, all right, this game's over. I'm going to bed. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second mm -mm. here. This is the first time Chapman's gone multiple innings. This is He didn't look great in the first inning. There's not a Niagara Falls of sweat coming off the brim of his cap right Which now. So you know he's not ready. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was brutal. Zach Britton got hurt, apparently. I think he's going to be fine. but I know, but still scary. Still scary. I mean, listen, they, they definitely showed this series that they didn't need the home run to win. It, it was great when they hit them. <laughs> but there were bonuses. They were, they were crushing extra base hits, RBI singles with runners in scoring position. Like they prove they can do it all. They're Absolutely. they're pretty well put together. If there's one takeaway from the hour and three minutes that we've been talking slash ranting, it's that the Yankees are in the playoffs. They look focused and they look balanced across yes. the board. The pitchers were good. The bullpen was good. The hitters, or they hit for power. They hit for contact. They didn't strike out. They walked. Everybody looks really focused. And I'm hyped. And Glaber Torres is a god. I mean, the absolute god. And he's only 22 years old. I don't know if you heard. Are you sure? 22? Uh, 22. Yeah, that's what everyone's wow. saying. 22. 22 years old. Hmm. Mm, crazy. Well, hey, we've been ranting for a long time. So hopefully uh, this has been good for you. Yeah. It's basically free therapy for us. It was so. very therapeutic, yes. 
Yeah, and now exactly. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to watch the Rays hopefully hold on to this 3 nothing lead they have against the Astros because that would just make me the happiest person in the world if right. the Astros and the Rays went to a That's Game a 5. Anything happens. Anything can happen in an elimination game. You never know. Yep, so, exactly. That's we'll that's see. the beauty of October. It's uh, it's torture, but it's also great. Absolutely. Um, so thank you, James. I had an uber good time. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap it up right there. I'm also going to do the introduction. This is episode 30 of the Bleacher Preachers podcast <laughs> presented by Elite Sports New York. Bye. Bye.